Hello, hello, hello to God's most wonderful people. Say hello, Chad. It's been a little while we've done this, sir. Hello, I know, everyone. but we are doing it again, We're and excited. I love it. Yeah, I'm on the way to go teach at uh, Jesus School, and I'm glad we are together again. And thank you for being my wonderful partner and friend, and I really mean that. You're actually my family. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you're going to show us today. I give you praise. And God, the people said amen. And by the way, you can ask me some questions, but you can have to keep your eye on the road. Yes, sir. The whole time. Yes, sir. All right. All right. You know, I've been talking about leading loved ones to the Lord. How do we win them? And friends. And I know you already uh, heard and saw Monday and Tuesday. Today, though, I want to deal with how to deal with those difficult moments, like people asking questions, you know, when you witness to them. But first, let me say this. I don't believe any person is in position to be used of God until the world is out of them. Because I don't think God can use people if the world is in us. You know, in Luke 22, in fact, let's just read it, and verse 32, the Lord said something very powerful about this. So let's go to Luke chapter 22 and verse 32, and the sun is shining quite bright on my iPad, so there we go, okay. So the Lord is speaking to Peter, he says, I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when you're converted, strengthen your brothers. So, here's Peter, you know, who had some problems. Think about when he denied the Lord and all that, you know. So, the world had to come out before he could be a witness. And so the Lord said, Satan desires to sift you like wheat, but I prayed for you. And then he said, now you can strengthen your brothers and sisters. You can strengthen the church. You can win the loss, is really what he was saying. So, uh, yesterday I said, when, when the door opens, and remember, he that wins souls is wise. We need wisdom. Meaning, wait for the door to open up. And when that opportunity opens up, like Paul, for example, I told you in Acts 16, the door opened when that man said, what must I do to be saved? But he had been praising the Lord that the man heard him and knew he was a Christian and so on. So, and then on the ship, the same thing. He did not preach to anyone on that ship, but when they landed in Malta and the miracles began, it was the door was wide open. And, and we have to be very careful that we let the Holy Spirit, you know, show us that moment. When it's the right moment to begin talking to someone. It's easier, of course, with a loved one or a friend. But if, you know, if, if you're going to witness to someone you don't know, it takes even more wisdom than that. But the, the first question that I think works every time is, do you know Jesus loves you? Because everyone needs to know someone loves them. They, 
the, the number one need on earth today is love. And think about this. If you look at the six basic needs in humanity, what are they? Number one, love. Number two, security. Number three, recognition. Number four, expression. Everybody needs to talk. Number five, self-esteem. And number six, new experience. These are the six needs in every one of us. And only Jesus can meet those needs. So when you say, you know that God loves you, you have just met more than one need in them. You've met, you know, the first need for love and self-esteem and recognition that God recognizes them, see? Anyways, and the second question is, do you know your sins are forgiven? And it, it makes them think. And number three question, you know that God offers you life eternal? Because nobody wants to die. So these are the three questions to begin with. Do, do you know Jesus loves you? Do you know you are forgiven already? And number three, do you know that God offers you life eternal? So you don't have to die and end up in hell? What a way to begin. Right? It fulfills all six. Oh, absolutely. It fulfills all six, well, once they accept it. Right. It fulfills all six needs in human life. Wow. Every one of them. So, you know, um, it's it's God's gift. Salvation is God's gift to humanity. All right, now, let's let's begin with the with those uh, things that come up. Okay? So they'll say, well, I'm too great of a sinner. That's the first thing that's going to come in their mind. Why would God love me? Why does God forgive me? Why does He offer me life eternal? I'm such a bad person. I'm a sinner. I'm, I'm too big of a sinner. If that comes up, then you give them 1 Timothy 1.15. Write this down. 1 Timothy 1.15. Let's look at the answer, okay? And let's hope this uh, the sun here is so bright on my iPad. Okay, so it says, oh, thank you. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptations that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. So if somebody says, well, I'm too great of a sinner, so you know what? Even Paul the Apostle said that. (laughs) And God still used him. And he did not just say, I'm too great of a sinner. He said, I'm I'm number one. (laughs) I'm the chiefest of all sinners. And Jesus showed him that even that is not a problem. Uh, Cody Ten Boom used to say there's no pit so so deep that Jesus is not deeper still. There's no pit so deep that Jesus is not deeper still than the pit. So nobody is a too great of a, of a sinner since Paul said, I'm, I'm the chief of sinners. So no one's too low. No one is too low. So if anybody says, well, I'm too big of a sinner, okay, Paul the Apostle was the chief of, of sinners, and he said so. 
First Timothy one fifteen, and read them that so they can you know quit thinking that. Okay. Number two. Number two is, well, I don't think I can make it. I don't think I can make it as a Christian. Too many temptations. Too much this. Too much internet. Too many devils. Whatever. Okay. Here's here's the answer. Are you are you ready for the answer? Here we go. John ten twenty eight. Make sure you write this down. John chapter ten and verse twenty eight says, "And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them to me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them pluck them out of my Father's hand." So if somebody says, I cannot make it, the answer is, well, I'll tell you something. This is the Lord's business. It's not your business. He'll keep you. If you cannot hold on, if you think it's too tough, it's not tough for God. Jesus said, no one can take you away from me, and no one can take you away from my Father. Wow. You know, sir, can you can you touch on that a little more, sir? Because I know for me, for the first I would say two years of my Christian life, uh-huh. I kept on trying to do it by myself, on my own, on my own. And I was Well the Christian life the Christian life you will never succeed trying to do it on, on your own. Same for me. Because when someone is saved, they don't know the Bible yet. They 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 they, they, they don't know God's love and heart. That he doesn't want us to work on it. He just wants us to trust him that he'll do it. See, he said, I'm 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 the vine, you're the branches. Well what does a branch do? Nothing. Just hang in there. (laughs) That's all it does. A branch doesn't do anything. Everything comes from the vine. Everything. The life, the fruit, all that comes from the vine. The branch does nothing except it's it's always connected to the vine. So our surrender to the Lord, and that's the simplest thing. Think about this. Other religions, they have to do this and do this and do this and do this and do that. We do nothing because Jesus did it. We simply trust him to carry us through. How simple is that? Okay. So if they say, I can't hold out, don't worry about it. Jesus is holding you. You, you you don't have a hold, you you don't have a hold anything. Oh, like you said, huh? Like you said when we saw that guy with the keep the faith shirt. Oh yeah yeah, <laughs> uh, we, we we saw a guy with a t-shirt that said keep the faith, and when I was walking away, of course the guy didn't hear me. I said, did you see that? He said keep keep the faith. I said he's wrong. We don't keep the faith. It's the faith that keeps us. <laughs> it's so simple. It's the faith that keeps us. We are kept by the power of God, is what the Bible says. All right, now, uh, here's here's number three. Uh, I'll be persecuted by my family. Wow. I'll be hated. I'll be persecuted. I'm going to be mocked. Wow. And I don't know that I want to do that, okay? Romans 8.18 is a great answer for that question. Romans chapter 8. And verse 18. 
You like all this? I love it. I love it. Okay. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed. So if somebody says, well, I'm going to be persecuted, the answer is, that persecution can't be compared with the glory you're about to receive. These are small. These are nothings in comparison to what Jesus has prepared for us. Hallelujah. Like Rex Humber used to say, when I would complain, he'd say, let me see your hands, Benny. I don't see no nail prints. Because I used to complain to Rex. Oh, Rex, so-and-so is saying this, and the news media is saying that. Da-da-da-da-da. Okay, baby, show me your hands. And, you know, after after a while, I just quit asking him because I knew the answer. Show me your hands. I don't see any nail prints. What a wonderful Lord. All right. Um, how about this one? It will hurt my business. Wow. What do you say to somebody who says... I cannot be saved. I cannot accept Jesus. It's going to hurt my money and my business. You give them Mark 8, 36. These are great scriptures. Mark 8 and verse 36 says, Hallelujah. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? Okay, so it's going to hurt your business. What would you, what would you rather have? Gaining money or gaining your soul? And then they'll they'll think about it. Now somebody says, "Well, here's another one. Oh, the Christian life is too hard." I've heard that, by the way. The Christian life is too hard. And you always give them Matthew 11, verse 28. Now, you should know that by heart, right? Matthew. Matthew 11. I'm having a little problem again with that lovely iPad here. I think I need to buy a new one or get it upgraded. Matthew 11, 28. All right. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. Thank you, Jesus. I love it. So if they say the Christian life is too hard, my answer is, no, it's not too hard for you. Jesus said, let him live his life through you. So you don't have to really do it. Come on to me, all you who are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke, and my yoke is very light. It's easy to live the Christian life. You know what the Christian life is? It's so simple. It's like a child can understand that. Give it to Jesus. Don't try. The word in Christianity is not try or try harder. The word is yield, surrender, 
it's so simple to surrender. I surrender every day to things in life and I don't even think think about it. I surrender when I get in the car and turn on the engine and it'll work. I surrender when I sit on a chair and know it doesn't fall. On and on. How much more trustworthy? How much more trustworthy is the Lord? Exactly. So, I mean, we surrender to things all the time. You surrender to a pilot when you fly on that plane and you you know he's not going to crash that, that plane. He knows what he's doing up there. We, we surrender every day to people and things. Every day. Every day. We don't even know them. Pilots and this and that. A doctor, a lawyer, a dentist. You surrender to people all, all the time. And you don't know what they're going to come up with. But you say, you know what? He's a dentist. He should know what he's doing. He's a doctor. You even surrender to a little... Uh, thing that the doctor gives you he scribbles some notes on a piece of paper and says take it to the pharmacy or he'll call it in for you say well you need this medication you you don't know what that thing has in it but he said you know take it three times a day alright that's surrender that's surrender too that's faith in a in a pill that you have no clue what's what's in it you just take it because somebody says it's good for you okay I'll do it alright so it's so simple the Christian life is not hard because Jesus is, is the one living it and he's living it through us quite simple alright um, somebody may say oh it's too late for me I'm too old to, to get saved uh, you know it's, it's really quite remarkable that people actually say that. Remind them of the thief on the cross. Last minute he said, Lord, remember me. It's never, never too late to, to accept the Lord. Never. Hallelujah. Now here's a, here's a good one that I've heard many times. I'm a good person. I've never done anything wrong. My, my dear uncle, when I witnessed to him, he had an argument with me years ago back in the 70s. I'm a good man. Why do I need to get saved? Why would God send me to hell? That's not fair. I've never hurt anybody. I've never done this and that. So, and you know, if you if you give them the old covenant, you know, all your righteousness is filthy rags, they'll, they'll even get, get even angrier. So, here's a, here's a good one. Galatians 3.10. Galatians 3.10. Oh, I love that. Thank you, Jesus. All right, let's go to Galatians chapter 3, and let's look at verse 10. For as many as are, for as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Hallelujah. So, in it says very, very clearly when when someone says, "I've never done anything wrong," then we give them this amazing, amazing verse. 
as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse it's written cursed is everyone that doesn't continue in all things which are written in the book of the law so we say uh, are you telling me you've, you've, you have obeyed every commandment in the old testament because no one has no one can are you telling me that you have kept every everything God said in the Bible and nobody can question you say the Bible says that if you break one commandment you're on, under a curse and that's where you begin by explaining the gospel all have sinned and come short of the glory of God it is impossible to have someone uh, come to Jesus almost if they don't realize and accept that they are that they are sinners. If they say, "No, no, no, I'm not a sinner," then only the Holy Spirit can really change that in their hearts. Because if they can't accept the fact that they have sinned, then you you witness to them. And then say, okay, I'm going to pray for you. That God will show you. That's all, that's all you can do at that time. All right, here's another one. There are many hypocrites in the in the in the church. Oh, how much we how much we've heard that, huh? All right, let's go to Romans 14, verse four. Romans 14, verse four. And then also verse 12. Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Yea, he shall be holden up, for God is able to make him stand. And then verse 12. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. So if they say, well, there's hypocrites in the in the church, give them those amazing verses that you and I cannot judge anyone because uh, he stands or falls on his own. And then also remind them that everyone will give an account. If he's a hypocrite, then God will judge him on that day. Quite simple. And then if they say, well, I'll think about it. You know, you know I'll, I'll think about that later. Give them Isaiah 55, verse 6. It says, call upon him while he is near. You see, the day will come when no one can be saved. Because you call upon the Lord while he is near while he still hears and answers prayer and you give them Isaiah 55 verse 6 in fact I want to read it to you because it's so powerful and that was one verse by the way that I used every time in a crusade when I when I give the gospel seek ye the Lord while he may be found call upon him while he is near I always began with Ecclesiastes chapter 7 
where it says that, that there's not one just man upon the earth then I would take him to Romans all have sinned chapter 3 then I would take him to all have sinned and then the wages of sin is death and I would simply paint that picture for them number one there's not one person on earth that has not sinned number two all have sinned number three the wage is death but then I'd say but there's a gift the gift of God is life eternal through Jesus then I would begin explaining how they can find the Lord it worked every time thousands would respond because if you give them the word the Holy Spirit will use the word if you give them stories well that doesn't always work so you know some do, some do of course like testimonials of so and so or things you saw in life like I have but I can tell you this the word of God is the weapon against that devil when it comes to breaking that that resistance with them and finally I'm too young to get saved so Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 1 is a great answer Ecclesiastes 12 verse 1 remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth while the evil days come not tell him that the best time to find God according to the Bible is when you're young show them that amazing scripture and you know uh, let me give you a piece of counsel don't be in a hurry to get them in don't be in a hurry to get them in and that's in Acts 22.16 by the way because people say well you know I don't want anything to happen and such 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 to them and yeah, but you see, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. It's not your work. Hallelujah. So, the Word of God is clear. There's a time for everything. There's a time for everything. So, in Acts 22, verse 16, it says, Now why tarriest thou? Now it's... What, 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 what it's saying is it's time now arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins calling on the name of the Lord hallelujah Jesus I give you praise do you and, and the story here is so powerful because it's about Ananias coming to Saul of Tarsus God allowed Saul to be who he was and then the moment came when it was time why didn't why didn't the Lord bring the message of salvation to Saul of Tarsus before he did all he did and persecute the church because it was time sometimes it's not time for someone to enter the kingdom I know this is maybe a puzzle for some of you everything happens on time with God you may have 
a son, you may have a daughter, you may have a loved one who's been resisting the message. Don't give up praying. And when they, they get saved, the impact that they'll have, that God will have on their life, will stabilize them forever. Wow. Because sometimes, when, when someone is pushed into the kingdom, we actually can lose them later. Because God didn't get the moment He wanted with them. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, I used to watch people when I was young in the 70s. And uh, they came into the kingdom, uh, some of them, uh, because they were forced by their parents who were religious. And they fell away and it was hard to see them back. Have you seen that? Yes, sir. Yeah. Because, see, the parents did not trust God. They were too fearful. They were too nervous. They didn't want something to go wrong with their son and daughter, and you know, end up in 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 hell. So they 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 forced them to pray the prayer, but it it wasn't real. It wasn't the heart. That's very important. So God waited before the message came to Saul of Tarsus, and look at the impact he had. And what did God wait for? What happened that softened the heart of Saul? It was the testimony of Stephen. Because he was there and heard it. Yeah. And he saw how Stephen responded to being killed and stoned. When he said, Lord, don't lay this to their charge. The Holy Spirit used all that in his life. And it lifted him to a, play, to, to a great plateau. When he got saved, he didn't stumble into the kingdom. It happened with power. Lord, in Jesus' name, use them to bring many to the cross. I pray, Lord, you'll anoint them. I pray you'll exalt your name through them. And Lord, I pray that many, many will come to know you through their life. And their loved ones will be saved on time. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. See, they're in the book of life. That's why you're praying for them. God will not put a burden on you to pray for someone unless they're already in the Lamb's book of life. So be encouraged. All right, much love and it's time to sow. It's time to give to the Lord. You know, the Bible says if, if you receive spiritual blessings... It's our privilege and responsibility to sow seed into that ministry. So it's time to give and the Lord will bless you for it. And you can give right on the platform you're watching me on right now. Or go to our website, bennyhin.org. Or you can text BHM45777. And join me this Friday for our healing service. We just made the decision to have a healing service this Friday, and it'll be a Zoom plus all platforms healing service. So you can join me on Zoom this Friday, 7 p.m. If you cannot get on Zoom, then just you can watch on Facebook and YouTube and all the other platforms. Well, much love to all of you, and I'll see you again tomorrow. Shalom.
You want to say bye? Bye. Uh,